Welcome to the Founders Mentality, a startup podcast. My name is Josh Feedy. I will be your host on these shows. I've brought together some of my friends to discuss what it means to create a business, to take an idea and build your dreams. On this 10th episode of the Founders Mentality, we're sitting down with Kara Rios, the founder of Delpro. Delpro has developed a technology to help organizations better identify the work style of candidates coming through their doors. It's an incredible technology. We'll put a link for everybody to try it out after the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Founders Mentality. This is episode 10, so we're going to celebrate a little bit because we're finally in the double digits. This has been a lot of work getting to this point, but I'm, I'm super excited about it, and I'm really excited to have everybody joining for today's guest. This is somebody that I was actually very recently introduced to um, at just a networking event. It turns out she was part of a beta cohort, a startup cohort that I was part of, but in a previous class. So we weren't in it together uh, regardless, I'm always curious, what are people doing? What are they building? Uh, she immediately sent me a, uh, a test, a demo of, of the product. Not really a demo, actually, the, the full product that I could take a, a test to figure out what my best work style was. And I was completely blown away because within seconds, it gave me a list of exactly where my strengths are, where my weaknesses are. Um, it really spelled me out to a T. And so I immediately called her up and I said, look, Kara, I got to have you on here. I love what you're doing. Let's talk about this. Her background is very interesting. And so we're going to dive into that today. But before we go any further, Kara, I want you to introduce yourself. Tell us what you're working on right now and say hello to everybody. Hi. Well, thanks for having me, Josh. It was a little risky, given yeah. that we talked for all of five minutes at that networking That's true. conversation, That's true. and all of a sudden you're inviting me on your podcast, which of course was a quick yes from my perspective, mm -hmm. uh, even though I've never done anything like this before. Any but podcasters out there know, when you meet someone interesting, you immediately <laughs> say, hey, I have a podcast. Would you like to be on it? Well, yeah. thank you. You're I, welcome. I, it was uh, unexpected from my perspective. Yeah. And also unexpected um, when I sent you the link to discover your work style yeah. using our Delt Pro assessment, which is just 10 questions. As you said, real quick feedback. Yeah. Um, I, you told me you were taking it. And so it was uh, interesting. I got an email that said, you're taking it yeah. right now. And then, yeah. then you kind of went radio silent. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, what, what happened? Did he not like it? I mean, I didn't expect... <laughs> Didn't expect a huge, you know, parade or anything, but I you, you went dark, and next thing you know, I log into LinkedIn, and you've posted to LinkedIn this fabulous um, testimonial that you know you can't, you, I would have never expected, and That's it was so awesome. And also, what I really appreciated is your authenticity and sharing that information with the rest of the world. I think one of the things and one of the reasons why I started Delt Pro is we all have strengths, we all have areas of opportunity. It's yes. silly for us to pretend that we don't have areas of opportunity. Mm -hmm. Let's understand what they are, align ourselves to roles that make sense, mm -hmm. and leverage our greatest strengths mm -hmm. um, instead of you know pretending like we don't have issues. We right. all do. Yeah. And we're not all built for the exact same position. Even mm -hmm. if we have the, the skills and experience to be, for example, an, an accountant, yeah. 
an accountant in one company in one role versus another is going to have a very different experience. Yes. And so um, anyway, I was really appreciative of certainly the testimonial, but loved yeah. the fact that um, we're actually the same work style. So we are. it's uh, super easy, I think, for us to relate to one right. another. We're not yeah. both Scorpios, are we? Uh, no, I'm a okay. Gemini. Okay, good, good. My family is full of Scorpios. So, <laughs> um, But same work style might, might go down the same road. That was an expert way you crafted in the message of what your company does. Is there anything more, though, that you want to yeah, say about I mean, exactly what your company does? In short, we help companies hire more effectively for fit. Mm -hmm. Traditionally, that's been really subjective and left to the interview process. Yeah. As a former hiring manager, I was terrible at it. Mm -hmm. um, I struggled with it. I hired a lot of people. I had some great wins. But a lot of times, I felt like I was striking out yeah. and felt like a failure. Um, Turns out I'm not unique in that. And so we built a platform that was designed to match what a, what a hiring manager is looking for okay. to what a candidate brings to the table. And we do that at the beginning of the hiring process. That's really where we're different. Yeah. We're not an assessment company that, that charges per head or per assessment and yeah. does that for the final few and charges thousands of dollars. Yeah. We sell our product as a software as a service platform the intent is to use it on all of your candidates, mm -hmm. even the ones you're not totally sure uh, you're interested in talking to because, yep. let's face it, not everybody has a great resume. And yes. some people have great resumes because they've paid someone to write it. Yep. Um, so we help you objectively prioritize that candidate pool on mm -hmm. a measure of fit yep. that will help determine whether they will be successful in the role yep. and will help you interview them more effectively because you know enough yep. to ask them the right kinds of questions. Absolutely. And the main reason I wanted to have you in here, um, beyond talking about the journey, mm -hmm. how you got here, what you're doing, because your background is is very, uh, can I say interesting? Is that is that a good word? It's diverse. It's it different than many of the founders that I talk to. Sure. Um, so that's interesting to me. I want to mm -hmm. dive into that. The other reason, though, is because this is a kick that I've been on for months now. Mm -hmm. um, just helping seeing the benefit that it brings when somebody lands in a position where they're truly effective where it's truly a good fit it's not just good for the employee themselves it's good for the corporation um, mm -hmm. and it leads to so much more good for the corporation right. if you have an employee that is um, really truly invested in the success of the organization that is really truly buying into the mission the values all of that stuff they turn into evangelists for your company mm -hmm they turn into your sales team right. effectively. And so company revenue goes through the roof. I mean, there's a lot of good reasons right. to have good employees. It's it's not so much about, like you say, how they look on paper. It's great if they have these skill sets, right? But right. it's even better if there's somebody that's going to truly be a good fit. Yeah. It's a kick I've been on for a long time, so we can dive into that a little bit more with this as well. But Perfect. I did put out the question um, on LinkedIn before this, does anybody have a question? Feel oh free to just private message me. Let me know, you know, what, sure. what you're interested to hear from Kara. Now, the the number one question that I got was about your background. Sure. Because your background, and you should dive into this. You should talk about what your background sure. was. But but explain to us after that how you went from that background to deciding I'm gonna I'm gonna start my own business. Sure. All right. Um, I'll give it a whirl. So. Uh, Really, my background is in finance, so that happened by accident. I was working for a good friend's uh, family company at the okay. time, and I literally one day was working minimum wage after high school, mm -hmm. um, putting photos in the Arden family photo album, right. and a woman walked into the conference room we were in with my friend and I and, and said, does anyone want to do checks? 
And I thought she meant like checking things. Like I've always been a to-do list kind of a gal. Well, you're in finance. Yeah. Checks mean money. Well, uh, (laughs) I wasn't in finance yet, so I had no idea. What she meant was accounts receivable. Oh. So she literally meant applying a stack of checks, you know, Mm -hmm. five inch stack of checks Mm -hmm. to the open accounts receivable. I didn't even know what accounts receivable were. Sure. So that became an education for me. And I really loved the problem solving Mm -hmm. of accounting, Mm -hmm. um, which led me to going. So I graduated with a degree in accounting from St. Thomas and was recruited into Arthur Anderson Mm -hmm. uh, as a public accountant doing auditing. So at that time, there was a lot more focus on business process auditing versus what would be referred to as typical balance sheet auditing. So before I lose everybody here, the point is <laughs> I, I learned a lot about business process yeah. in a in a role where I could see the whole company soup to nuts and then also understand it and how it translated to financial statements. Beautiful. Really great background. Uh, really good skill to have. S- super great. Yeah. Um, I left uh, Arthur Anderson, moved over to United Health Group mm-hmm. and started in a finance role as a finance manager. My job was to work between the accounting department and the pharmacy benefit management unit mm-hmm. to account for United Health Group's at the time largest single largest vendor contract that they had in place with okay. their pharmacy benefit management company mm-hmm. uh, at the time. And through that process, I learned that I was a better finance person and a better business person than an accountant. Okay. I was not so interested in closing the books. I wanted to be looking at things forward-looking, forecasting what was going to happen, partnering with the business to solve problems. I loved it. It was fascinating. Not only was it fascinating from a um, functional perspective, I also worked in healthcare, super dynamic space. Um, Pharmacy in particular, really rich, robust data sets, Mm -hmm. Um, super timely, unlike most of the healthcare data, at least back at that at yeah. that time. So I had a great experience. I became an expert in pharmacy okay. and that led to greater opportunities, et cetera. So next thing you know, literally I became a CFO of a business unit at United Health Group. Okay. I don't even know how it happened. It like just, you know, progressed. I never applied for a single position while I was there for nearly, nearly a dozen years. Wow. Got tapped on the shoulder for different things all the time. Um, did the finance thing. Um, as a CFO in a uh, company that grew from about three billion to twelve billion in three years, so it was huge, huge numbers. Wow! Huge team. I had three hundred people reporting to me, and I I had very little management experience. So when I wasn't hiring people well, I just blamed it on my inexperience um, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so at any rate, did that, got tapped on the shoulder again, let's move you into operations, mm-hmm. had a fantastic experience in operations, kind of more of a, a regional CFO type role okay. to get at that general management side of things mm-hmm. and customer side of things. Again, okay. loved it. Loved the problem solving, yep. love kind of having the, the feet to the fire directly with the client mm-hmm. um, and solving problems and ultimately left United. Okay. Um, in 2012, okay. uh, had a series of uh, personal events. You know, my life is full of interesting things that have happened from a personal perspective. Yeah. Um, at that time, my my uh, former mother-in-law passed away from cancer, okay. and it was pretty traumatic mm-hmm. uh, and pretty quick. And mm-hmm. so, uh, at that point, I just said, I need a timeout. I need to re- reevaluate life yeah. and figure out what um, is most important again. And left, and my. Uh, ex-husband and I decided mm-hmm. natural segue would be to uh, buy a couple of Dairy Queens. Oh. I, I mean, why wouldn't you? Sounds good to that? me. Yeah. I mean, 
love a blizzard. Everyone um, does. Let's go get one after this. Yeah, let's get a business. That, you know, I've always been interested in, what's your favorite flavor? I always like I, to ask. Vanilla. It's really boring. I'm whoa, sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not a blizzard. It's, I, no, 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 no. If, oh. In a blizzard, if I'm doing blizzard, it's cookie dough. Okay. If I'm doing ice cream though, it's vanilla. And vanilla. I don't know why. It's the same with cake. I, it's the same with so many things. Vanilla. And it makes me seem so boring. That's interesting for a guy who loves chocolate. I know. It doesn't make I sense just, to me, but it just adds to Anything that's the bad depth. for me, bring yeah. it, right? So it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so we got into this Dairy Queen. Uh, actually, the um, it's like top top five in the five state area in terms okay. of volume. So it was kind of jumping in feet, feet first to an established business, yeah. uh, which is part of what was attractive about it. Yeah. But the high volume. And okay. so a lot of challenges that come with a high volume business that, by the yes. way, was three hours away from home. Um, okay. So I was uh, not the boots on the ground. My ex-husband was. Yeah. And then I was a uh, stay-at-home mom at that point yeah. and bookkeeper and uh, payroll specialist, yeah. um, scheduling, all of those things. And then, you know, doing what I could from a management perspective from afar. Yeah. So that was a super interesting experience and allowed me to kind of step back again, reconnect with family and friends where I had lost track over the, the time I was working at United. I was traveling so much. It was just hard to keep life yeah. uh, going outside of my home and work. Yeah. Um, so it was a really uh, great time. Then got tapped on the shoulder um, from a former colleague to go to a startup uh, called Moby. Um, mm-hmm. Huge fan of Moby. They help people who have chronic pain better self-manage their condition, mm-hmm. and they needed a CFO. Um, at that point, uh, I was a little bored with the Dairy Queen stuff. Okay. Uh, it's uh, it's <laughs> not super exciting to run payroll every two weeks for me. Sure. It's not my jam. Uh, so I jumped into it, and I figured I could do the DQ stuff on the nights and weekends, and yeah. did. Um, personally, some things changed, uh, and so I ended up going through a divorce mm-hmm. and, and stuck mm-hmm. with Moby. This comes to the point of uh, the whole resume here. Yeah. So the reason I started the company was I had an experience while I was at Moby where I hired someone inexplicably within a 24-hour period mm-hmm. and really got it right and okay. knew I got it right instantly. Mm-hmm. And I just went, okay, what was the magic about this Yeah, situation? how do I repeat this? How do I repeat it? Yeah. Why did it work? And yeah. really, as I looked back on it, what worked is I focused on how the person would work, yep. which I would refer to today as work style, how mm-hmm. that person behaves naturally at work, mm-hmm. instead of what titles did they have, what yes. skills and experience did they have, et cetera. Yeah. So had this awesome experience and just thought, gosh, that's fantastic. Not yeah. only did I get the right person for the job, yep. he's super happy yep. in the role. Yep. Everyone around him is happy. And to your point, you know, when you get the right person in the right job, mm-hmm. they're not only more engaged, mm-hmm. they're more productive, mm-hmm. they are um, happier at work. And to me, what that's all about is helping people be happier in their whole life. Because we've all been in situations where you've been in a role where you're not a fit. And just think about how big of a drag that is on your entire life. No, absolutely. I mean, I, um, if anybody listening, um, heard my appearance on my good friend, Mikolai Bedore's coffee and closers in, Mm -hmm. um, January of this year, uh, I kind of went on a tangent about (laughs) just that. Um, and I let the I let the audience know that um, I literally have a stack of clothes that I call my fat clothes that I always transition into when mm-hmm. I'm in a bad job. <laughs> it inevitably happens for me. Yeah. Um, it's it's a horrible thing, right? Yeah. It's it it kills you mentally, physically. 
Um, you are not able to be creative in an environment where you don't feel supported or where you don't um, really have a desire to help them be successful Yeah. if you're not buying into it. So, okay, so one thing that you mentioned in there before I get to the other things that mm -hmm. you mentioned in there, when you made the change in your career, going back to when you realized more the direction you wanted to be, not being in finance, more being on, you know, how can we look forward to these things? Mm -hmm. Can I can I ask how far, I don't need to ask your age, but how far into your career yeah. were you when that pivot happened? So when I moved into finance mm -hmm. versus accounting, yes. very early on. Okay. Uh, literally, uh, probably in the first three years. Okay. And then when you decided that you wanted to be looking more at the traction, what's coming up next, more of mm -hmm. that kind of role, how far into your career was that? It was about that same time. That same time. Yeah, I, I got a taste of finance experience kind of yeah. by happenstance. Okay. I went, I am never going back to closing the books and looking yeah. in the rearview mirror. Yeah. It's a great experience to have. Yeah. But I care so much more about looking at the strategic problems that the company's having yeah. and helping be at the table yeah. to solve them prospectively. And that's what yeah. you get to do in finance versus accounting yeah. is, is yeah. more of a core Just function blocking. And yeah. It's important if the numbers aren't right. Yeah, um, you're making bad business decisions off of those bad numbers, so it's yes. critical. It yes. just for me, it had served its purpose. I had done that work all throughout uh, going to college. Yeah. So where I went from accounts receivable, then I was a general ledger accountant. Yeah, I did that work. I knew yeah. what it was like. I knew that wasn't where I felt um, most valued and used yeah. my talents as, yeah. as well as. Uh, finance did. It's great. I mean, it just comes back to, I mean, right there, you already had a spark of entrepreneurship in mm -hmm. you, right? Um, the ability to pivot. Yeah. Really important. Yep. Really important when you own your own business. There's a lot of people that are probably listening to this right now, just because there are a lot of people curious about your background that are probably working in a corporate setting right mm -hmm. now. Um, I want to make it very clear. I have this conversation many times with many people, but not, not always on camera. Mm -hmm. There is Nothing wrong with being a corporate employee, mm -hmm. just as much as there's nothing wrong with trying to own your own business, right. right? Do whatever fits you best. Both can be, you can be very successful doing both of those things. You can be very enviable to people doing both of those mm -hmm. things. It's, it's not a vanity thing, right? No. Um, but the ability to pivot, the ability to say, this isn't what I want to do in a corporate setting and in a large corporation like that even, and mm -hmm. say, I'm, this is what I want to do. Let's move into this. Right. That's impressive. And I think that people listening should understand that if you're currently in a position where you feel like my skill set is not properly matched right now, mm -hmm. I could do so much more for this organization if. Yeah. Start exploring what that if is because maybe you're going to be a lot happier. Maybe you're going to be yep. getting into that next position. So right off the bat, that was already kind of the start of a spark of this business, but probably mm -hmm. before you even realized it could Absolutely. be a business. And then when you made that really ideal hire, um, this is a process I go through with my product because mm -hmm. in sales, it's all about how do we create a repeatable process, right? It's the same exact thing yep. that we're trying to solve for. Um, and so I totally get it in the recruiting sense. How mm -hmm. do you create that? What other, I mean, when you started thinking about this and you started, did you immediately say, I'm going to start a business that just does this right now? <laughs> or did you first start by going, 
are there tools out there that I could just start leveraging to start making this a repeatable process? What was your first inclination? The, I was definitely motivated to come up with a solution that didn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did inform myself and refreshed my memory. I mean, I've taken every disc profile, Myers-Briggs, StrengthsFinder, mm-hmm. very familiar with a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my opinion, when I mapped out the process, which is very much what I did at the beginning to yeah. say, Here's what the existing general recruiting process is. Mm -hmm. You take a boatload of resumes, someone flips through those, prioritizes, might use some keyword search um, to figure out who's got the skills and experience that you're looking for in the job. Mm -hmm. And then they determine who they want to talk to on the phone. And then they determine from that who they want to bring in for interviews. Right. And then they might apply an assessment at the tail end of that, kind of as a CYA, to make Mm -hmm. sure that they're hiring someone that they understand. But at the end of the day, I don't need a 23-page report on someone at that stage. I'm already pretty invested. I'm going to hire them. Um, I thought what made sense is to say, do something light and easy to use Mm -hmm. that's still psychologically valid at the beginning of the process so that you can prioritize where you spend your time. Yep. Um, and objectively prioritize that stack of resumes instead yeah. of, you know, there's tons of unintended and, and unfortunately intended bias that goes yeah. into resume screening. So yeah. I looked at the process wholly. Mm-hmm. I looked at the competitors and said, I, I just think you're fascinating. You're run by a PhD yep. as the CEO. That's super interesting. And if I wanted a, a, a novel on each individual um, I was going to interview, right. that's the route I would go to. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't use that much information. I can't make use of it in right. the timeline allowed. It yeah. needed something that would keep up with the pace of business. Yep. And at that point, I kind of drew out the process that I thought made sense. And yep. then it was the challenge of how do I build this? Yeah, how do you build I'm, this? Yeah. I'm not, if I wrote down the questions to this thing, it would have been <laughs> the equivalent of a BuzzFeed quiz. Right. Um, it may be less entertaining, but um, that wasn't going to work for what I wanted to build. It sure. had to be accurate. Yep. So at yep. that point, I engaged uh, Sarah Bridges, who's uh, a local, uh, she's a PhD and runs an organizational effectiveness firm. They administer a ton of assessments, okay. um, but they built the assessment for me. Okay. Um, and I knew the first time I took it, which was literally on pen and paper, yeah. it nailed me just like it did with you. And really? I hear that consistently from people. And yeah. I knew uh, we had something. Then it was about building the technology around it because I knew I couldn't run around Minneapolis with pen and paper and be scoring these things myself. Right. Um, so then it came to the technology build. Okay. So let me, let's dig mm-hmm. into this a little bit um, because everybody, you know, builds their first product mm-hmm. in, a, in a different way. Did you test this in paper for a while? I did real uh, anecdotally, okay. I'll say. So I didn't, um, I didn't, in my mind, I knew we had science behind it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's grounded in foundational psychology that is decades old. Okay. So it, it wasn't so new in terms of um, its underpinnings. Yep. What was new is focusing on on how someone works, okay. not their innate personality. So it's informed by your work experience. Yep. Um, it is informed by what you prefer to do at work, mm-hmm. not, um, we don't care if you have a messy bedroom at home. That's, right. not, that's not a question you're gonna find on our assessment. So I knew it worked, yeah. and at that point, I jumped feet first into building. <laughs> Um, build it, it built it in a light way where yep. it was going to be much more, um, I would have to do all of the emailing. I would have to do more of the hands-on work. Yep. Um, but 
quickly implemented actually with Moby. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were my first client, which was interesting because actually the person I was selling to wasn't there when I when I left the company. So okay. their VP of HR is phenomenal, yeah. um, very strategic thinker. Uh, sat down with her and she was like, absolutely, we'll do this. Yeah. Um, and so uh, they've been a huge uh, advocate. So shout out to my my Moby friends. Yeah, um, it's great though. And they've had great success with it. And yeah. so it's easy to be an advocate when you're experiencing the positive impact of using a tool like this. But right. at any rate, it was all very manual at that point. And okay. so um, we had such quick success with Moby. I made the, the decision at that point very much based on gut to jump feet first into building the platform side of it so that it could be automated Mm -hmm. and our emailing was automated, our platform to provide results back to an employer, Mm -hmm. the log on, all of the stuff you need to have a real SaaS product, um, jump feet first into, into building that. Wow. Yeah. With, with a client of, uh, N of one at the time. Right. So a lot of gut feel going into it for sure. Uh, which, is something that you share with a lot of the founders that have been on here mm-hmm. as well, right? Yep. Um, I think that a lot of founders, when they have the right idea, they just know they have the right idea. Mm-hmm. Um, validation is a very important thing, Absolutely. but the validation doesn't have to be, at least in my opinion, and, and definitely not in yours, it doesn't have to be a six to 12 month validation right. period, right? Let's get this in their hands and see if this shows it's right. effective, and then we're good to go. Let's yep. move. All right, so how long ago was that that you had the light bulb moment you you tested your very rudimentary version and you said let's move forward how long ago was that so that was uh january 2018 to move forward okay um and then had the platform built out um by july of 2018 very fast so pretty quick yeah very fast okay let's talk about some of those first customers yeah what was it like what was what was that like in the beginning days getting the first customers to come on board and start using this product right what Ooh. was your process around that uh, uh, scattered yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, still learning the sales process sure um, you know I think something that we've talked about before mm-hmm. um, founders absolutely have to be at the forefront and selling mm-hmm. but I'll tell you I didn't have that experience going into it sure. so the basics of figuring out who the decision makers are mm-hmm. and making sure you get an audience I failed at that multiple times before figuring that out yeah. um, so the process was really around having a conversation and really mm-hmm. establishing that it's kind of like weather forecasting. We all know that weather forecasting is not accurate, yes. but there's an element of everyone has accepted the fact that it's hard to do. Right. Right. It's just the way it's got to be. So there aren't people out there Google searching for ways to forecast the weather, the weather uh, better than Belinda Jensen. It's right. That's not, not something <laughs> people are taking on themselves. I right. would say the hiring process is similar in that, you know, people just accept that it's not not perfect and that yeah. you know batting 300 is great in the major leagues it's sure. not so great in hiring but we just accept it because that's the way it is so yeah. having that human connection and helping people understand that the problem that they've experienced yeah. is universal mm-hmm. and helping them understand that the byproducts of that problem in terms of low engagement in terms of lack of productivity mm-hmm. and just generally again i go back to happiness that's mm-hmm. that's the easiest thing to measure when you have a yep. miserable um, employee yep. and you're miserable too as a manager. Yes. It's, you know, it, nobody's happy. In this Nobody situation. wants to manage an unhappy employee. No. And, 
um, you know, something I learned a long time ago at United Health Group. I used to think um, accountability was all about feeling bad when things didn't work out. Mm -hmm. I felt really accountable. Mm -hmm. Feeling accountable is not being accountable. Mm -hmm. um, we had mm -hmm. a consulting firm help us out with building our culture years ago. Yeah. And I, I'm going to use their language. So this is straight from Sendelaney. I'm giving full credit. Um, accountability is what more can you do to get the result? And it isn't about the feeling bad. It's about what are you going to do to make it different? Yeah. And helping people understand from a hiring perspective, yeah. they actually have tools available to them yeah. that can make them more effective yep. at the hiring process. Instead of saying it's the candidate's fault, it's HR's fault, they didn't bring me the right people, yep. it's the culture of the company, it's just hard to work here. Whatever your excuse is, yeah. um, take a look in the mirror. There's more you can do to be more effective, but yep. it doesn't have to be... Um, a super time-consuming thing. No, absolutely not. And I think, you know, one thing, another parallel that we're drawing behind, between our uh, businesses here is, and I think a lot of people experience this, the mm -hmm. blame game yep. um, in offices. I'm in sales. I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm an expert at the blame game. People are always blaming me <laughs> for something, you yes. know? Developers are blaming me for overselling the Former customer. CFO. Right, on, totally. on technologies we can't develop marketing teams are blaming me for selling things that they don't have time to design. But right. I mean, everyone does it and I'm not picking on, you know, developers and designers. I'm just saying right. the, there is, there's always that, that thing there. All right. I want to talk about, cause we're coming up on the 30 minutes here. Already? It goes really oh fast. My gosh, yes, it does. And I'm trying to keep these, I, I started by trying to keep them under 20 minutes and I, I quickly realized if yeah. I can keep it under 30 minutes, I'm successful. Um, but I want to talk about, I mean, when you, so what I'm gathering here, correct me if I'm wrong though, when you started this business, were you a single mother? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, <laughs> okay. I can't even begin to imagine that. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you did that. Is there any of that that you want to discuss on this show? Sure. I'm very open about my personal life. Okay. And, you know, I'm a big believer in things happen for a reason. So I'm going to take you back a little bit. And okay. this is, this is a, very personal, but I think it's super important to understand um, why mm -hmm. I could make some of these leaps. Yes. Um, I'm actually the mother of two. Uh, okay. I have a uh, son that was born 16 years ago and passed away at three months old. I'm very sorry to hear that. He had a heart defect that was just insurmountable. Um, had great treatment down at Children's Hospital, still love them to mm -hmm. this day. Mm -hmm. um, that experience is for me, the hardest thing I've ever had to go through in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I have a daughter who's almost 12, and mm -hmm. she's watching me. Mm -hmm. She's watching me clearly. The other night on the couch, she um, came home from her dad's, and we were just chit-chatting, and she was very, like, wanted to talk. You know, she's preteen. She doesn't, yeah. this is a rare occasion, so I'm sure. soaking it up. <laughs> right. And she asks me about another business that I had told her about when I started this. Okay. I mean, literally, it's over two, year, two years ago that I talked to her about this. Yeah. She asked me about it and said, are you still going to do that? And I, first of all, I was blown away. Um, yeah. But it's just a huge healthy reminder. Yeah. Um, and so what I would say is I've had hard experiences in my life. Mm -hmm. And those hard experiences have taught me that no matter what I face, yeah. um, just jump in there, try to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, nothing is harder than some of the personal things I've had to face. Mm -hmm. And so it makes the decisions around, do I go forward with... Um, building out this platform when I have an N of one, it's yeah. just not that hard for me because right. I've had hard and this is 
um, in the grand scheme of things, it's a wild ride and it's a ton of fun, um, but it is not life threatening. No. And so it just changes things. So being a single mom has been uh, a huge blessing and it's been challenging at times for sure. I mean, I can't make every networking event. I just can't. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But it's um, it's also the joy of seeing her see me do things that I quite honestly would have never done if I stayed married. Yeah, I can't even look you in the eyes right now. I, so I'm going through uh, a very emotional roller coaster in my own personal life mm-hmm. right now with some of the things happening in my business. Uh, we're on and up, right? Mm-hmm. We're having the this is the greatest time of my life mm-hmm. right now. But I've come through some of the absolute worst times in my life yeah. to get here, and um, I. Uh, when people talk about their children, uh, it's just, I have two children as well. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, just the other day. So, <laughs> hold on. Clear up. Clear Sorry. up. I'm okay. No, no, it's good. It's good. Uh, just the other day, closed my seed round on my business. Mm-hmm. My children, um, unfortunately, were, well, <laughs> that's a weird way to phrase this, but they were they were alive and they were old enough to realize what was happening when my last business failed. Mm-hmm. Okay, they were old enough to rationalize that mom and dad are stressed about money, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize the effect that that was having on them because I thought, "You're five years old. What do right. you know other right. than Thomas the Tank Engine?" <laughs> yep. Right. Turns out it was it was affecting them mm-hmm. greatly. Just the other day, I closed my uh, seed round. And I hope nobody takes this as an ar- in an arrogant mm-hmm. way. This is one of those successes that happens when you have a startup, hopefully. Um, went out, collected the checks from the investors, came home, and one of the checks was for $350,000. Wow. And my son was playing piano upstairs, and he's now 10 years old. And he's so excited about what I'm doing because he's, he knows I'm excited and he yeah. can sense that things are moving in the right direction. He's already talking about the Lamborghini that he can't wait to buy, <laughs> uh, which apparently I'm funding, he says. Clearly. Uh, regardless, setting that check down in front of him the other day while he's playing piano and watching his reaction to that mm-hmm. um, seems like a silly thing to be excited about. Mm-hmm. But for me as a father, uh, it was... I became his hero again, right? Yeah. Um, And those are, uh, when we're talking about, when we're talking about being a founder and uh, the ups and downs of what you go through, you have to be a very strong person to get through the ups and downs because you don't get to celebrate the huge wins unless you get through all the crap on the way there. And getting through the crap is really what what separates the the true founders from from people that just end up saying, you know what, it was a fun ride, but I can't do this anymore, right? Right? And there's nothing wrong with that. No. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. If this is too much stress, get out. Right. But then there are people, and I'll just put myself in that bucket, and I'm assuming you are in that bucket as well. Um, I really thrive on those ups and downs. Those Mm -hmm. downs fuel me to get to that next step. Um, any hardship in life will treat will teach you that whatever you're going through isn't that bad, just mm-hmm. like what you said. Yep. And when you get to that next point, you truly understand um, how great it is and how great it can be. Right. And it helps you get there. Okay. Wow. I can't even talk about this stuff right now. I, I just okay. We're we're over time, but I want to talk about 
what have some of the biggest, I mean, you haven't been doing this for all that long, mm-hmm. but do you have any big successes so far with this that, or even just mm-hmm. tiny wins that you consider the tip of the iceberg on a huge success coming up? Yeah. Are there any things that you're celebrating right now with your business? Yeah, I would say, you know, I don't want to name names about large no. clients and that kind of thing. You don't want to give away your client base? No? <laughs> I don't want to jinx anything. That's yes. more the point. Yes. Um, we have had some amazing success working with hiring managers because they yeah. feel the pain yeah. when they hire the wrong person. Yes. Um, and they're they're seeing the value and feeling the value of the tool instantly. Yeah. Um, so one of the most exciting things for us is we were targeting small to mid-sized businesses because yeah. the procurement cycle, the small HR department that is stretched too thin doing too many things that could use our help, mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot of reasons that we were going that route. Well, mm-hmm. um, you have a connection, and this happened to be a 20-year-old connection of mine, yeah. um, reached out to me on LinkedIn and said, hey, I'd like to try your tool. Yeah. And it was in a corporation that I was like, I'm not sure we're going to get that through legal. Like, you know, <laughs> the, we're a startup. Do they, does he... Does he understand? And he, yeah. he did understand. Yeah. And they turned around our master services agreement in two days. Wow. Which this is a fortune, you know, I'll say fortune 100 to keep it vague company. That's fair. Amazing yeah. results. Super excited about that. Yeah. Right? Well, then he uses the tool and he loves the tool. And yeah. he, he has, um, he's trying to hire actually, he was trying to hire um, a role like our work style okay. in, a, in a space that that's not typical. Okay. Um, so it took him a while to find candidates to even apply basically yeah. that were in that vein. So right. anyway, hired successfully, <laughs> huge advocate wants to take it, um, to the whole organization, but the vehicle we're going to take it through is, is, uh, finance. And so okay. have the success for me is seeing an individual mm-hmm. who has success using our tool yeah. and knows full well, the value saying, yeah. I want to be the champion within my giant organization. Yes where I wouldn't have even considered calling on them. Nope. Yep. For years. Yep. And here we are Yep. working through the process and we're not done yet. And, mm-hmm. and it, it'll be a pilot before it's full blown, of course. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, so knock on wood that yeah. that continues to progress. But yeah. those are the wins that just, you know, it's the underdog to, you know, so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, we're, we're having a ton of fun with those. Um, I had to get a, a, at least one movie reference in. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I love that. No, those are, um, I mean, we're at a very similar stage in yeah. our in the growth of our company. I'm having many of those similar conversations where mm-hmm. it's just, why is this company interested in me this early? This is absolutely incredible, right? Yeah. Do And I've said the exact same thing. Do they know right. that we just launched six months ago? Do they know we're a startup? Um, and they know. And right. you think, wow, this is amazing. But real quick, I need to, I need to, I know this is about you, this is your show, but I got to do a shout out to somebody here. Yeah. Because when it comes to evangelists, right, mm-hmm. I think that's the ultimate goal. Anyone listening here, uh, trying to build true evangelists of your mm-hmm. product, that is what is going to get you to the next level. Um, I saw a quote the other day that I absolutely love. It was um, Drift put it out there. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly who at Drift said this. Um, it might have been the CEO, David Cancel. Um, but he's, uh, one of them said that the brands that are winning today are the brands that are closest to the consumers, mm-hmm. which I thought was very interesting because it's always been that way in the B2C world, mm-hmm. but now it truly is in the B2B world. Agreed. And getting closer to your customers, I am very engaged with my customers right now, and it's getting harder and harder because I'm right. essentially a team of one. Right. You know, I have a team building the product, but they're more contractors, it's their side hustle. So this is my every day I'm talking to people. 
but creating those evangelists is going to propel your business more than anything. And shout out to Mick White. Do you know Mick White? I do not. Okay. Mick White of a hundred year manifesto. He he might not even be listening to this ever, but that's fine. I want to give him credit here and I want to give his business a little shout out because he started using my product two Mm -hmm. weeks ago. He has already landed two deals and has 15 deals that are very positive in his pipeline because of the product he's using. And he immediately turned into one of the biggest advocates I've ever had with this business and that I've ever seen in any company I've ever worked for. And I have people reaching out to me uh, right now because Mm -hmm. of the recommendations that he's making. He is bringing up my company in every meeting that he's having. I am multiplying my sales efforts, and right. I'm saying this not to be arrogant. I'm saying this because create brand evangelist because every meeting he goes to, he's talking about he's you. talking about me yep. at some point in the meeting, and at some point those people call me up and say, you know, Mick, he speaks really highly of you. I'd right. really like to look into this more. It's an incredible thing, yeah. especially when you're starting up. Well, it's easy to do with your product. I have to say, I've been using well, it for about two weeks as well. It is the best sales tool since the cell phone, as Mikolai said. I no. love that quote, and it's accurate. <laughs> I use it every single day, and I am absolutely thrilled with it. And you know, I, I don't maybe well, don't know you. as many people as Mick White, but I'm. No. <laughs> I'm uh, it's with good reason. But your point is yeah. that having yeah. those evangelists yes. pays dividends. Yes. Beyond any Google ad you can place, beyond yep. any uh, you know promotional video you're going to do, yes. having people who are willing to talk about it, it's it, it's fantastic and yeah. well deserved. Thank you. Okay, so we've you've been the longest guest on Ooh. the founder mentality. Is that a good or a bad to thing? date? I think it's fine. I think it's totally <laughs> fine. But we are gonna we are gonna cut it off here. But what I want to do first is I'm not even gonna ask for permission. Um, that link for the yep. workplace assessment. It's on our website. I'm going to be putting that link on the Founders oh, Mentality website um, underneath where this episode appears so that people can just Perfect. try it out. That's Perfect. fine. Yep, absolutely. Um, we will also put that in the LinkedIn promotions um, so that it's very easy for everybody to take this. I would strongly encourage everyone to take it. It is a really cool product. Um, and figure out ways to get that in front of your organization, right? Right. Um, because you can see how much value comes out of it for yourself, but what if you knew, what if all of your coworkers knew where their strengths and weaknesses were and could really focus the organization properly from there? Right. Um, It's a fantastic product. I hope to see tremendous success out of you moving forward on this. If if anybody's looking to connect with you, What is your preferred method of communication? You know, LinkedIn works great. Okay. Um, you can also go to our website at deltpro.com okay. and click contact us. I, I see all of those. Those go right to you. Great to me. Yeah. It's a miracle. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Uh, sorry for getting a little emotional there, no, no, everybody. I'm, it happens. It, it's life. It's life. All right. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. I look very forward to uh, having you listen again uh, in just a couple weeks when we do episode 11. Um, the next guest is, wow, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but I believe it's Rally Registry is going to be my next oh, awesome. official guest on here. Um, it's either Rally Registry or Chris Carlisle, my favorite lawyer in uh, town. He's the, Both are going to be great. He's the greatest startup lawyer in Minnesota. I highly yeah. recommend him. So regardless, it's one of those two coming up next. Yeah. But thanks again, everybody, for joining, and I'll, I'll talk to you later. So what do you think? Pretty good, right? We have plenty of other episodes on our website at thefoundersmentality.com. 
And don't worry, you don't only have to listen to these episodes. If you prefer to watch a video, we do videotape every single episode and post them every other week on our website. Again, the web address is thefoundersmentality.com. This has been Josh Feeney. It's been an honor bringing this information and these guests to you, and I hope you continue listening. Don't forget to give us a share. Talk to you next time. Bye.